Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about praising God for what he's done. Lately, we've been talking a lot about the power of praise. I believe praise is such a powerful way. It is what we call, what I would call a table turner. It has the ability to turn situations around. Sometimes when a situation is struggling, maybe it's a situation that looks impossible, maybe it's a relationship that's struggling, just praising God, praising people can be the thing that turns things around. And something I've been thinking about as well. Sometimes when you're tempted to criticize somebody, you're tempted to complain, how can you turn that around and turn it into a moment of praise? Instead of criticizing, how can you praise them for something that they do well? I think there's two main areas to praise God and people for. We praise them for who they are for their character, their essence, who they are, the gifts and abilities that they have, the qualities that they have. But then we can also praise them for what they've done, for the good things that they've done. And yesterday we talked about praising God for who he is. He's great. He's good. He's light. He's love. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. They're full of grace and truth. So many things. We could go on and on and on. I think it's a great thing for us to spend some time on every day praising God for who he is. But then there's the other side, praising God for what he's done. Praising God for what he's done. What he's done in, in just the whole history of the world, he created the whole world. He created us. He fashioned and formed us. He sent his one and only son. He saved us. He redeemed us, made us right and holy, perfect in his sight, forgave our sins. He parts the waters of the Red Sea. We see him do so many things in the Bible. And then we can also make it personal. Just praising him for what he's done just personally in our own lives. So we're going to be taking communion over this today. Just a time to meditate on and praise him for what he's done. And this, I think, would be an inexhaustible list. There would just be new things that we can keep finding all the time. Great study for us to do. Who is God? What has he done? Just finding more and more things to praise him for. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was just doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But my life wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. My life was very out of balance. I was just stressed out all the time. I had the weight and pressure of things on me. At the time, I'm running my personal training business, and my business started out great, but I got into some tough times where I got some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember getting to the place of just going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. There's got to be more to life than this. It wasn't for a lack of seeking and searching because I've been traveling all over the country, studying with some of the best health and fitness experts in the world reading books, taking courses, going to seminars, and not just health and fitness, all kinds of other areas like purpose and business and leadership and finance, relationships, time management, but I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And then one day I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters, so on day one, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month, and then you start back over again. 
I had been doing this for a little while. And then one morning, Proverbs 13, 22, just seemed to jump off the page of me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing we could pass on to future generations? And the Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. And so I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life, areas like purpose and health and family and finances. But to be honest, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to show up, began to teach me and began to train me. It wasn't always easy all the time, though. I had to unlearn a lot of my old ways, had to break free of some old patterns. At times, I found myself in some impossible looking situations. Situations now that I can look back and say, look what God did. Look what he's done in my life. Great source of encouragement. I just simply started documenting my journey, recording my journey. And over the course of about 10 years now, it's turned into this whole program we have called the Abundant Life Blueprint. With a series of books and courses and now partners. And out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I believe daily communion is the most important thing. Communion has the power, it's what I call the number one table turner for all of life. Has the ability to just turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. Just a simple principle of remembering and not forgetting. Especially when life's throwing stuff at us every day. Just remembering our covenant with God. Remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. Helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. Which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all the benefits that are found in this new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, to take it with the fear of the Lord. With deep honor and reverence and awe for the sacrifice of Jesus. And I think it's important we remember both sides of the cross. On one side, we remember all that he suffered for us, all that he did for us. He was willing to go through. But on the other side, we remember what his sacrifice means for us. About how he connects us back to God, gives us his covenant relationship with God. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some practical physical workout tips and advice. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise and to apply our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening their families, all those connected to them and all of our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. Thank you that Jesus was smitten 
so that you could fight for us. I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe, the same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us and make your face shine upon us. Let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today. And help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes. And do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? How are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today, into everything we do today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's what we talk about, executing these four fundamentals and bringing some fun and some presence and some energy into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember, God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, to the promises or the inheritance that he had for them in the Old Testament, there was a process. There were stages and steps that they went through along the way. They didn't just go straight there. Why? Because they had to learn how to do things a new way. They had to learn to do things God's way. They crossed over the Red Sea. They go through the wilderness. They got to cross the Jordan River. And then God tells them it's going to take you more than a year to possess the land when you cross over. And to make this process very simple, I think it starts with believing God's got something better for our life. Better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. And then we've got to learn to put off our old ways and to learn to embrace this new way of living. We make God the source. We learn to rest and we learn to trust in him. We learn to allow him to do the work. He's going to lead us into something that looks impossible for us to do in our own strength. And we've got to learn to not look at ourselves, but to look to him. To allow him to beautify our lives, to allow him to bring these promises to pass in our life. How are we going to do it? I think it starts with our first fundamental. Number one, getting positioned in the light. Every day, we got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. This is like the on-off switch. Either we're in the light or we're in the darkness. And I think we do it, we start with humility. Jesus says, you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven? you got to humble yourself like this little child. Childlike faith and belief. It just simply believes God. We're going to humble ourselves in relationship to God. Humble ourselves in relationship to other people. And we're going to walk in forgiveness. To be positioned in the light is to be positioned in forgiveness. 
receiving this forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, walking in grace and forgiveness with other people. To walk in the light is to walk in love, kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrong, delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. Talking about praising God today for what he's done. Stay in position and gratitude and praise is one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. Imagine a quarterback and a receiver. The quarterback throws the pass, but the receiver runs in the wrong direction. He's out of position to receive. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity. We get access to all these good things today. His spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's health and energy, purpose and grace, time, resources, finances. And a big one is fellowship. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And we have to learn how to get in position to receive this and then learn how to get it flowing through us out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it in our lives. So our first step is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. To magnify is to make bigger or greater. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart where we become more fixed and consistent and immovable in it. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example lately of two baskets on a balancing scale. One basket full of the issues and problems and testings we're facing. The other basket full of our praise and gratitude. Which basket are we going to fill up? With our focus, with our attention, with our thoughts, with our words, which basket are we going to fill up? we got to tip the balance by filling up that basket full of praise, meditating on who God is, meditating on all that he's already done in our lives. So to magnify the light, we could magnify his word, his unfailing love, his faithfulness, that nothing's impossible with him. We could magnify all that he's done for us in Christ and just stay focused on all that he's already done, all that he's already done in our lives. Because what he started, he's going to finish. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's simply choosing to fill up that basket of praise instead, to tip the balance in the other direction. We're going to rest and we're going to trust that God can solve these problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, insisting on our own way, bitterness, unforgiveness, filling up that basket of the testing and problems by complaining, inventing, and pouting, rolling over those problems in our mind, toiling away, trying to figure it all out. And that's where we're going to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because wherever we're positioned, whichever basket we're filling up, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. When we're out of position, there might be the tendency to retaliate at people or snap at people. We might withhold good things. We might behave just in an, in an ungraceful way. We might avoid people or give them the silent treatment, isolate ourselves. On the inside, there's this heaviness and pressure, like it's all sitting on you, like it's hopeless or helpless, like you're trapped or you're stuck. 
And all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry, frustration, toiling away in our mind, envisioning all these worst-case scenarios, dreading things in the future. And unfortunately, this can become a pattern. This can become a habit. And we get stuck in these vicious cycles, these loops that just seem to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completeness in him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. Everything begins to flow. All those good things he put in Christ just begin to flow. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it right back around. It's learning to recognize those symptoms and turn it back around quickly. How do we do it? I think we start with humility. Father, I've missed it. I'm off track. Forgive me. We receive that forgiveness. We forgive ourselves in the middle. If we need to forgive somebody else or say we're sorry, we take those steps. Then we start praising and magnifying him for his grace and his goodness. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough. That you are more than enough to help me handle whatever's coming my way today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental, we're going to stay tuned in today. Every day, God's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us, but we've got to stay tuned into him. And lately, we've talked about when we begin to magnify him, filling up that basket of praise, it also begins to amplify where we can hear more clearly from him. And my favorite way to stay tuned into him was with a journal before bed. And lately, we've talked about installing what we call some filters at the top of our journal. These filters are just short phrases, maybe a statement that we keep rewriting in our journal every day as a way to reinforce God's standards, keep them top of mind all throughout the day. It might look something like the following. God is working continually for my good, and I'm going to do continually good for others. And that short phrase just helps us to navigate throughout the day when issues and pressures come up. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? Because the more we look for them, the more of them we're going to see. And then I like to ask this question. God, what are you trying to show me today? What's the most important thing you're trying to get across to me today? And just get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we got to stay tuned in throughout the day because he's trying to navigate us throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple of minutes. Just slow down, get connected to him. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And then our fourth fundamental, we've got to stick with what we know to do today. The final thing I like to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of him. I'm toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. Rather than resting and trusting in him and the grace is not there. 
On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. It's easy to come up with all kinds of reasons not to take action on things that we know to do. So I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. And as I began to learn this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say in the morning? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So I've begun to start my days this way, the very first words out of my mouth every morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected to him. We start praising him and magnifying him. We start walking out that plan. Full confidence that he's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. He begins to bring these good and perfect gifts from above into our life. Things that we can never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's talk about praising God for who he is and what he's done. Yesterday, we talked about praising him for who he is. Today, let's talk about praising him for what he's done. What has God done? This is just a very short list. He's done so much. I think this is an inexhaustible list. He created everything. He created the world, the universe. He created our bodies, all the animals, the fish and birds. He created everything. He is the creator. He's the designer, the master architect. He sent his one and only son to save us. He could have left us on our own, but out of his great love, he sent his one and only son. And then he raised him up from the dead. He raises the dead. He put the spirit of Jesus in our hearts. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus was willing to come. He's willing to humble himself even unto death on a cross. Jesus is healing people while he's on the earth. Still doing it today. He makes us new. He makes us right. He forgives our sins. There's so many things. Just spending some time just praising God for all that he's done. But then I think we also got to make it personal. Just spend some time praising him for what he's done in your life. Just think back to my own life. I was in some impossible situations in my business. Saw him just break me free out of those. There was no way out. Had two days left to be moved out of my gym business. Nowhere to go. He makes a way. I've seen him give me whole gyms entirely for free. I've seen him heal my children. I've seen him help me write books and come through and help me do that. I've seen him fulfill on these daily communion meditations. I had no clue what to talk about most days. I've seen him do so much. I look back on my life and just see his hand, even before I was walking with him, see his hand on my life all throughout. And just spending some time today, just meditating on both who he is and what he's done. You want to talk about a great way to stay encouraged, to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Spend some time doing this. Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful for who you are. 
all that you've done, all that you've done personally in our lives. We're just so thankful for that. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. God didn't have to send Jesus. He sent his one and only son to save us and redeem us, connect us back to him. Jesus is willing to come and die on a cross for us. But then he's raised back to life. And that same spirit that raised him from the dead now lives on the inside of us. He connects us back to God, makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. All through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread and all that it represents. And we ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, pour it out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness, transfers us into the light. His blood cleanses us. Gives us this new covenant with God. This blood sworn oath that God is with us. He's for us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's working for our good. He's fighting for us. We've got God on our side. We can do life together with him. We can know him. I believe as we praise him for who he is and what he's done, it helps us to know him that much more. So, Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. All right, health and fitness stuff. One of the things we want to balance in our body is you want to have the ability to control the speed. You want to have the ability to move fast, but we also want to have a good set of brakes. We have the ability to slow down and slow down as needed. And so as you get a little more advanced in your workouts, once you get consistent, at first you're going to just be executing the, the workouts the same way. But eventually, as you get a little more advanced, one of the ways you can begin to introduce some variety, and we're working on building this into the system of the workouts right now, is to have some days when you go faster, some exercises that are done faster, some exercises where we work on building a good set of brakes, being in control, slowing down that tempo. We want to have the ability to do both. One of my mentors in the area of health and fitness said that he learned this lesson. There was a lot of researchers that were telling him that you didn't need to do this, but he didn't listen to them. And he said, if I would have listened to them, he trained something like 100 gold medalists. He said, if I didn't listen to them, I would have never trained a gold medalist. But I knew it was working. We have to have the ability to go fast and slow, to be in control. So something we can begin to introduce into our training. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.